This is Andrew. And Chelsea. And welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast where we rewatch very special episodes of television from the 70s, 80s, and 90s to see what they have to teach us today. This is our second episode of our very spooky episodes of the Halloween season. And if you tuned in last time, you'll know that we're doing this as part of our promotion, which we're calling... Click or Treat! Very spooky. We're asking you to do things, but also win prizes. It is a listener drive. Absolutely. So, we're already underway with the Click or Treat listener drive. If you tuned in last week, you heard all about it. Here's some more information on it. We're going from October 19th to October 31st. And we'll be serving up some spooky content and some glorious giveaways. It's glorious giveaways, but I spooked it up. As well as some extra awesome snacks and extra, extra awesome snacks. Yeah. So here's what you got to do. You leave us an iTunes review. You share on one of our social media posts. You tag a friend on our social media, Instagram or Facebook. And you send us an email letting us know that you did one of these things. And you'll get an exclusive, sought-after, very rare sticker. And the sticker's goddamn adorable, people. So cute. Chelsea and I, and to a lesser extent, Miles, have never looked <laughs> better. And there's snacks all... Oh, just, you'll see the artwork. It's on our site. You want to get one of these stickers, so do one of those things. The artwork is by Michael Ramstead, a local L.A. artist. His work is amazing. You can commission him. Check out his Instagram. And uh, you're going to want one of these stickers once you see how cute they are. Not only are you going to get yourself a goddamn cute sticker, but everybody who gets a sticker will also be entered to win a very special prize package, including more stickers. Uh, it's like wishing for more wishes. <laughs> a hugging and learning mug. Mugging and learning. A shout out on this very podcast. And a copy of Joseph Campbell's The Hero with a Thousand Faces. So you could follow the hero's journey at home. And also an amazing assortment of snacks curated by us. By us. Some of our faves, and maybe some we haven't even talked about on this podcast. Maybe not. Maybe secret snacks. If you've already left a review on iTunes or tagged a friend in our social media, Facebook or Instagram, just shoot us a quick email like everybody else will, letting us know about your handiwork. You can send those emails to Hugging and Learning Podcast. That's Hugging A-N-D Learning Podcast at gmail.com. So do it, people. We're trying to get as many new listeners as we can. We think we're doing a good job. Yeah, the best way to get new listeners for a podcast is word of mouth. And we just want you to tell your friends. We're making it for free. We're asking very little. We're giving out free <laughs> stickers. I mean, come uh, on, help us out. The spookiest emotion, guilt. <laughs> During Click or Treat, we are doing some fun things on the show as well. We're, we have our super spooky theme song, which you yeah. Heard, uh, you, composed by Miles. Amazing. We are featuring three, not three one, but three snacks, snacks. every episode. Thanks. We are doing back-to-back episodes about the Stevel yep. episodes Family of Matters, Family Stevel, Matter. Which you can find on Hulu if you haven't watched them both already. We highly recommend it. Highly recommend. Probably want to go back and do that. Yeah, this you, one, how are you ever going to understand <laughs> Stevel 2? You're going to miss all our fun jokes. And Andy losing his mind over oh, yeah. some ghost pepper queso. Ate some ghost pepper queso and you get to hear all about it because <laughs> it went great for me. <laughs> But don't worry, because it's this time, it's my turn to pick a spooky snack. Yeah. And I think I've got something even more 
diabolical. Ooh, I can't wait. First, we're going to do uh, the homemade snack. Homemade snack this time. Except um, it's not really homemade because I kind of ran out of time, and also these things are delicious. Sure. Trader Joe's pumpkin rolls. I they're s- seasonal. These are like cinnamon rolls, but they're pumpkin rolls. They come in one of those whack-a-biscuit tins, and you heat them up in your oven, which I just did, and then you ice them with this pumpkin icing, and then you just like live your best life. By eating them right now? Yep. That's what we're going to do. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, first things first, we'd like to thank, again, Altered Revelations, who is providing the snack soundtrack. Friends of the pod. (laughs) Sound snack. Sound snack. Original sound snack. Uh, once again, you can find them at alteredrevelations.com or Facebook at backslash Altered Revelations. Yeah, Altered Revelations. Oh, this is so good, man. Yeah, these things are legit. Yeah. They don't really taste like cinnamon rolls. You would think they're just like some cinnamon rolls that they put some pumpkin in or something, but they're their own sort of special pumpkin bread product with pumpkin icing on top. Yeah. Yeah. Do we feel like we've overeaten? Uh, we have 100% overeaten. Yeah. It's fantastic. Do you have to ask? Eating too much, the spookiest <laughs> thing. <laughs> <Let's> diabetes. <laughs> more like a diabetes. <laughs> I don't have a spooky voice. This is just how I talk. I'm actually still alive. <laughs> diabetes. I'm going to diabete you. But no, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm a frail old man. Uh, I apologize. I'm going to go lay down. Is Wilfred Brimley still alive? Yeah, I think he is. We love you, Wilfred. Is he still alive? Miles, look it up. <laughs> We're looking it up. Alive and kicking. Oh, Yay, we God love you, Wilfred. God bless Brimley. Um, he manages his diabetes very well, then. He sure does, good in a public him. forum. Yeah, good for him. Today's episode is Stevel 2. This time he's not alone. It's the second in the Stevel episodes of Family Matters from and Season last. 9, Episode 7. So you can watch us on Hulu. The original air date was October 31st, 1997. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Mm-hmm. It was written by Jim. I'm so sorry I'm going to mess up your last name. Gogan? Sure, Jogan. Mm-hmm. And directed by hashtag be my friend Rich Carell. Let's get into this because I've said <laughs> this a million times and I'm sort of hoping it pays off at all. So, ladies and gentlemen, director of both of the Stevel episodes and the voice of Stevel himself is Rich Carell. And in trying to figure out who this person was, I looked them up. And they've had an extraordinary life and career. Yeah, his uh, IMDb is as long as a CVS Truly. <laughs> they had to chop down a lot of internet trees to <laughs> write his <laughs> career. So Rich Carell uh, originally played a character named Richard Rickover in Leave it to Beaver. He was in a bunch of TV from the uh, earlier times, like Bonanza and Lassie. Mm-hmm. Then he moved on to being a writer. He wrote five episodes of Happy Days. And then he starts directing with the movie Ski Patrol. It was a movie about – it's the, the old trope where it's like, oh, these developers are trying to take over the camp, except uh-huh. the camp's a ski lodge. Uh-huh. It also stars – it's the debut of George Lopez and also stars a young Paul Feig. So then he goes on to direct all of the television ever. Perfect yep. Strangers, Full House, 86 episodes of Family Matters. Boom. That's So Raven, all that. And then Fuller House. 
He's also son of a radio actor and a gag writer for Harold Lloyd. And uh, I want to I want to be his friend. I can tell. So hey, every listener and every <laughs> new listener, we're getting in this listener drive. Let's make the hashtag be my friend Rich Carell a thing. Uh, it's two R's and two L's in Rich Carell. Um, eighty six episodes of Family Man. That's a lot of episodes. It's fucking crazy. So let's talk about where we are in the Family Matters averse. Yeah. Okay. So things have changed since the last Steeble. So um, just quickly, it ran for nine seasons, two hundred fifteen episodes, nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety eight. It was on ABC for its first eight seasons. Mm -hmm. Then ABC canceled it. And then CBS picked it up. And then after a season, CBS canceled it. So this is the singular CBS season. This was originally a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. It's set in Chicago. It revolves around a middle-class African-American family. And even though the first Steve episode last season on ABC turned out to just be a dream. Somehow we're having a sequel. And as before, this is um, kind of a play on the Child's Play series of horror movies. Sure. Uh, CBS had intended to give it a 10th season and actually announced to the cast and the crew a 10th season. So they made plot synopsises and wrote scripts for a 10th season. Mm -hmm. So those are out there somewhere. You know who could probably get them for us? My new best friend, Rich Carell. Oh, yeah. Bet he could. Bet he could. (laughs) Bet he could. The last thing you need to know is season nine is, like, remember when it went off the rails? Mm -hmm. It got so far away from ever being (laughs) back on those rails. Like, we are talking, the previous episode to this steve episode is Steve's failed experiment gives him mind-reading abilities. But I like to think that this line in the summary of the season nine season, Mm -hmm. like, it's... They're, they're saying what the whole season's about, and this is the last line of it. Quote, when Steve's ex-girlfriend Myra learned of Steve's engagement to Laura Winslow, she continued carrying a torch for him even when he went to space. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so this is, so Steve, this th- show starts all the kids are in high school, or junior high junior school. Junior high, then high school, now they're in college. And now they're in college, and it's like, how do you maintain this kid? The idea is that he's he doesn't get along with his peers because he's super smart, and he's like a genius. And when the kid doesn't have the chance to be a genius in an academic setting anymore, yeah, what, he's going to be like a mad scientist, and he's constantly coming up with inventions that make life worse or wackier instead of better for yeah. himself and the Winslow family. The last episode of this season, which turns out to be the season finale, which I think is burned off in a, a summer. Mm-hmm. It's not even, uh, CBS doesn't even bother with it. So Steve is planning his wedding with Laura. Yeah. And then NASA says, Steve, we want you to go to space to conduct this experiment. So he does. And meanwhile, Carl tries to understand Eddie's decision to be a cop and the last line in the last episode synopsis, Eddie's meter maid duty takes a dangerous turn. Wow. That's what we have to leave off with after Truly. 215 episodes. All right. Well. So speaking of effort, uh, we start out this cold open with the same cold the open same as PSA last time. same PSA as last year, which isn't that owned by a different network? Oh, like, my God. You're right. How do they get to use the same exact PSA from last year? Oh, no. And basically, this is just Steve looking at the camera and saying, watch this with somebody brave. This is a little bit scary. Please see the last episode for definitive proof that Steve Urkel sounds exactly like the Joker from Dark Knight. <laughs> by Definitive proof, Andy, means two sound clips that he found that he thinks sound very eerily no, similar. No one could argue with him. 
Nope. All right. No one can no argue. No one said a word against them. Again, that is hugging and learning podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. Until uh, you write in, I'll just keep on thinking this and embarrassing myself. <laughs> so the PSA lets us know that this show is going to deviate from the ordinary world of family matters and the ordinary world of sitcom episodes. Because normally actors, characters don't come out before a show and say, hey, this is going to be kind of sure. scary. So you've been warned. Yes. So we move into the scene one of the cold open. This episode is set up in a weird way. Usually your cold open is like a couple of minutes. We just do a gag or start out this story. Mm-hmm. This cold open goes on for like seven, eight minutes. Right. And as we said before, Family Matters did away with their theme song no and time. opening credits in season seven. So their show just starts with a scene and the main cast names are scrolling at the bottom of the screen as we get into it. We're in the living room and Steve is trying to stay awake because it's Halloween again. Mm, it's the is, night before Halloween. Excuse me. Dia de los Muertos. Mm. And Steve is afraid that he That's will... That's the day after Halloween. Sure. It's the denouement of Halloween. Nope. It's <laughs> Halloween Eve Eve. It's the Don't day before Halloween. Eve. <laughs> it is the night before Halloween, and for whatever reason, we don't know yet, Steve is trying to stay awake. <laughs> Steve's trying to stay awake, which he does by telling himself to stay awake and then showing off some and one level <laughs> basketball. He's very moves. skillfully dribbling a basketball. I feel like this last season, Jaleel White. <laughs> Jaleel White is like, like, I'm a grown man. Why got, am I still doing this? Right, here's what. I need to make this last season a real. <laughs> just like show people that I am more than just this character. It's just, it's so strange because when Urkel is a kid and he's like the, the next door neighbor and he's coming over in these hiked up pants and suspenders and huge glasses and he's two feet shorter than the adults on the show. Yeah. It's very funny. You know, like it's yeah. a it's a bit that is it's that works, funny. right? Very when he's funny. a grown man, a very attractive dude that clearly like works out and takes care of himself, and he's wearing this crazy costume and like using this nasal and voice and pants are like way he's up the his same height track. as everybody else. It's just it's so weird. The older Jaleel White gets, the weirder it is to watch him play Sea yeah, His voice is is kind of too deep to do this anymore. Anyway, so he's playing basketball. Laura comes down and says on behalf of her dad, cut it out. It's 3 a.m. 3 a.m. You're making all this noise. And he reveals, Steve reveals, he is afraid to fall asleep because of last year's nightmare. Right. He reveals also that he cut up the Steve dummy. Mm-hmm. Destroyed him. Destroyed it and flushed him down the toilet. He's still afraid. And Laura says, get over it. Steve is not real. And you destroyed him and he's not real. Yeah. Solid points all. And Steve decides to watch TV to stay awake and says, let's see what's on ABC. And as soon as he turns on the TV, he passes out. It's a sick network burn. Ciao. Take that. Take that. Multi-billion dollar network. Network that canceled us. Okay. And we get the wavy lines. So this time we know it's a dream up front. So we start out in the dream bathroom. Right. But I'm going to act like the stakes are real because it's all I can do really in terms of the hero's journey. Are you still doing the hero's journey? (sighs) Andy, this is what I live for. Is it? I guess. Ah, family matters. You'd imbued us all with shoulder shrugging (laughs) give up So it's the call to adventure up in the bathroom. (laughs) Steve emerges from the toilet and says, I'm back. And the audience is, again, legitimately frightened. It's just like, what? I didn't so, know when we sat down for Stevel 2 this time he's not alone that Stevel would come back. Well, at least he's alone this time. <laughs> 
We go back to the dream living room, and Steve is eating motherfucking snacks. Oh my god, he's snacking so hard. Mad respect. He's eating a big box called Lots O' Crackers, which mm-hmm. would be an accurate description for this podcast. <laughs> and he's also eating uh, Tub O' Cheese, which tub would be an cheese. accurate description for me. <laughs> tub O' Cheese, TM. How would you... This thing is like... It's in a it's in a bucket. It's like, it's in like two an feet tall. The bucket. Yeah, yeah. The circumference like of about got, two feet. Yeah, it's a bucket that has like a rope on it in case you have to haul something <laughs> sincerely heavy. <laughs> He's just it's a, and it's like cheese whiz. He's just scooping it out with these crackers. It it's, seems disgusting. It's intense. Wonderful. The lights blink out, and when they come back on, Steve is there. He is mad, and he says he wants Steve Urkel's soul. Soul, y'all, and then. You know, because he's a possessed ventriloquist dummy, he uses his green lightning eye magic mm-hmm. to, to take, take Steve's take soul? soul out of his eyes. Yeah. I mean, on ABC, Steve didn't seem to have any powers. No. He didn't have a weapon. Mm-mm. We didn't see him do anything to anyone, really. Like it, We saw the results. We saw sometimes. the results. It was very Greek drama. It was very, like, all the violence is off stage. Then when that chorus comes in and then... <laughs> Right, and they were like, whoa, unto steve um, <laughs> And then steve gouges his own eyes out. Oh, so Evagina Winslow comes in. <laughs> it's just a mess. It's a mess. So Steve, so steve wakes up after this, and he sh- but he's sure, he's terrified, because he's sure that this short dream somehow means that steve is back in the real world. In which he sums up by saying... He's back. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> cut to commercial. So now we're we're in the special world. We're in the world where Steve Urkel has to contend with evil Stevel once again, the ventriloquist dummy y'all. come to life that he thought he got rid of. We haven't really gotten into it yet in this episode, but it's going to be the same as it was last episode. No one believes him or takes him seriously. Absolutely no. Great. So we start in the living room. Steve is handing out disgusting treats yes. to three kids, two of whom are disgusted. The third one who receives three bean taffy is goddamn delighted. <laughs> did not get nope. He's the youngest of the three child actors and did not get the note that you're supposed to be turned off I'm by sorry. this candy. He's the youngest of three of the crew members' kids. <laughs> the other two understood they were supposed like, to look gross. disgusted. And, this and one's the like, third Hooray! kid is like, oh my God. Three bean taffy, you got it. It's awesome. It was really cute, actually. Actually, he was just a Superman. He's very adorable. We we launch into a pretty common trope for Halloween episodes, which is costume fashion show. Yeah. Let's see all the characters and what they decided to dress up for as and also dress up as for Halloween. Give everyone ex- an excuse to be out of the house. Oh yeah, they're all leaving. Yeah, they're, everyone's sure. going out. Eddie Winslow comes down, be mustached still. Uh, he's dressed as Don King. Yep. Noted murderer and felon. Doing a Don King impression. Yeah. No one born after 1990 will understand what is happening right now. with it right now. And then Laura is dressed as an alien. Uh, yep. And Richie and three... <laughs> 3J uh, come in, the kids, they're dressed as the men in black, and Laura is their alien, and it's a pretty solid costume. It's good. They have this bit about, like, after people give us candy, we're going to wipe their minds and then come back for more candy, and it's they're mm-hmm. they're really cute. Oh, we, we can't forget that Steve tells Laura that he's had this awful dream mm-hmm. that he, he says was more terrifying than the Lord of the Dance. Okay, mm-hmm. I 
freaking love Riverdance. This is this was a joke on Friends as well. Yeah, Chandler was, Bing was terrified of Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. It's like his feet are not connected to his body. That was the whole thing, and sure. it's just like, why are people scared of Riverdance? It, well, it was just such a phenomenon. You couldn't fucking blink. I know. We had the VHS tape. We watched it all the time. Bogalusa residence. We freaking loved it. The Chelsea family. Mm-hmm. Owned Lord of the Dance. On VHS. So then Carl comes in. So everyone's out of the house except for Steve and Carl. Harriet and Mother Winslow are not even in this episode. Once again, Aunt Rachel, who knows? Runoff. We'll talk about it later. Yep. Oh, I, I found out since the last recording, Steve's parents moved to Russia without him. Weird, right? That's why he lives with the Winslows now. Would you like to hear something even weirder about Steve Urkel? Yeah. Uh, Jaleel White was originally cast in the Cosby Show. I read that because Rudy was going to be a boy. Yeah, he was cast as Rudy, and then they were doing one like last minute. We're just gonna like all the executives were like, we're filming in two days. We're gonna cast everybody. They brought everybody into the room for one last audition, and then you know Jaleel White sees this young girl walk up, and he's like, uh oh. And then she gets cast instead of him. Yeah, like his parents were looking for places to live in New York. They yep. were ready to move the whole family there to shoot the Cosby show. So, Jaleel White, and original Rudy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Rudy! The next thing that happens is after everyone's gone is that Carl comes home in his cop's uniform. Yeah, he's a Chicago cop. That's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Let's not he talk about tells that. Carl, uh, and Carl says, I'm going to take a nap. And Steve is like, you can't take a nap before dinner. You can't sleep on Halloween because apparently the Steve nightmare has transitive properties. And Carl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Carl tells Steve. To be tough, he's like, you're a reasonable facsimile of a man. He makes fun of Steve for being scared of a dream. Yeah, and then goes up to sleep in his aggressively floral bedroom. First of all, why is he tired? Because uh, he ate too much candy at he's the precinct Halloween much party. Sugar, so we are going to be Carl Winslow here in a minute are, ourselves. We are on the Winslow plan. Yeah, so we go up to the Winslow bedroom, which I've never seen before. And you're right, it's just flowers every goddamn That was where just you a thing in the 90s. Like when you watch a lot of these sitcoms, when they show the parents' bedrooms, it's like a man has never set foot in there. They are so floral. It's weird. It's like all the husbands are just like, let the wife do whatever she's going to do in our That's bedroom. That's lady business. I guess. But it's. It's like flower border, green carpet, green drapes, and he is ready for a nap among the bouquets. Uh, he does take, take a some sip of Pepto and then makes a joke about how oh, it's got a chalky taste, which means that Pepto-Bismol is the lord of the dance of stomach relief. As he lies down and closes his eyes, he chuckles once again at how foolish Steve is to be afraid of a dream now, about a ventriloquist dummy. And so Carl sleeps perchance to dream. Wavy but that perchance becomes per reality. <laughs> and so now we know we're going into a dream because we have wavy lines. Yeah. Carl comes downstairs eating a bucket of brittle. Which is an accurate TM. description for, for Wilford Brimley these days. <laughs> Bucket of brittle is clearly made by the tub of cheese people. Sure is. Um, we can't judge. We're sitting here, Carl Winslow down on sugar. We've got a bucket of fucking snacks. <laughs> We've had so many snacks. Spread them out a little bit, but there's a bucket load here. Yep. And he comes downstairs with the with the bucket of brittle, and there's a, about a three foot tall box at the bottom of the stairs, addressed to Carl. And what's inside, you ask? It's another amazingly lifelike ventriloquist dummy from the Uncanny Valley. Mm-hmm. This one looks very much like Carl. Um, and then we have a Battle Hymn of the Republic-based knock-knock joke. Oh, my joke. God, knock-knock. Do you knock. want to do it? Who's there? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise who? Mayonnaise have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You see how oh I couldn't my. say 
God, it cracks up Carl Winslow to no end. He tells it, both sides of it. Carl's singing uh, summons Steve, who sees the dummy and is horrified. He says, playing with a, with a ventriloquist dummy is like playing with a loaded gun. And <laughs> wow. Car- Carl tells him to relax. Which, and by the way... Carl can do because he's a, Chicago, he's a Chicago cop. cop. No big deal. We'll talk about it some other time. Yeah. Um, also, he doesn't uh, carry anything that would help him to fight a ventriloquist dummy. No, but no, sure. Uh, as soon as Carl says, "Relax," to Steve, the door flies off the hinges. Fucking Steve and kicks Steve down the goddamn Steve door. Steve is there in a green haze, uh, walking under his own power. He and this is once again. Uh, both of these dummies are sometimes played by marionettes or hand puppets and sometimes played by little people in costumes. Which is just, it's just kind of... It's very uh, off-putting. Yeah, off-putting is the word I would say. It's the, the way it switches back and forth. The actor playing steve is once again Josh Ryan Evans from Passion. Passion. And the actor playing Carlsbad, which is Carl's dummy's name, is Ed Gale. And Ed Gale has been in everything. I remember him from Land of the Lost. He was also in Spaceballs. Wow. He was in a bunch of he's been in a bunch of stuff. But which which brings up this point, by the way. I had not looked up this episode beforehand. So Stevel shoots the Carl dummy with lightning. Blue lasers. Blue lasers. And some and somebody says, Who are you? And the Carl dummy says, You can call me. And I paused it. And I tried to guess what it was going to be. Oh. Here's a list of my guesses. Oh, great. Cool. So first I went with Carvel. Uh-huh. Yeah, it didn't work. didn't work. I moved on. No, that's not the only one. Scarl. Carl Drogo. Then I remembered that was very recent. Carl Aquino. Uh, Carvel. That's the same thing you said the first one. No, I said Carlville. It's Carl Evil. This one's Carvel. Carl Sinslow. <laughs> okay, all right, getting better. And then um, Carl Grimsbone. <laughs> that was the end of my list. And then I, pa- I push pause, and they're like, "Carl's bad." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty good." Yeah, no, it is really <laughs> this is good. Harder than I thought it was. <laughs> it's really be. good. They probably had a list of a hundred names before they got to Carl's bad. No, I bet they were probably just like, "I don't know, Carl's bad." And they're like, "Fuck, write it down." <laughs> no, Carl's bad is really solid. It's good. Um, I, I can't, you know. You heard my suggestion. You couldn't do better. I could not. And Carl and Steve freak out in the face of these two animate ventriloquist dummies, which is laughing maniacally. Understandable. Yeah, that's the end of Act One. End of Act One. You know what that means, everyone? Snack, 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 snack. Turn snacks for what? (laughs) (laughs) So, so for this uh, snack, Chelsea has bought Hostess. Snowballs. Hostess snowballs, but they're not regular snowballs. They're orange Halloween snowballs. They're fun color, but same great taste, so don't worry about us. (laughs) These are individually wrapped cakes that are coconut and marshmallow-covered chocolate cake with creamy filling. Uh, I've had two of these in my entire life. They were pink. The way that Hostess goes is I can already taste these. (laughs) Right, exactly. You you put this in front of me, and I'm like, oh, yes, I, I taste... I can recall it. I'm not really sure the last time I had one of these, but the same thing. I have an idea in my head. So let's have one of these things and see if it matches up. Chelsea, what did you think about the snowballs? This is horrible. It was terrible, it's you guys. so bad. Guys, I don't know what happened other than I grew up and developed a discerning taste. 
uh, and don't like artificial coconut with artificial oh cream God. and artificial chocolate and artificial, artificial marshmallow. It's co- so oh. bad. Like nothing is better on earth. Maybe, maybe a few things, but the taste of fresh coconut mm. is so good. And the taste of this fake, shitty, gravelly kind of Bits of flake. See the coconut. The problem here is it's not so even bad. like fake coconut because I love me an almond joy or a mound. Okay, this is fake, fake coconut somehow. They, yeah, they've it's... taken it where God never intended man <laughs> to take fake coconut. And the chocolate cake inside tastes like chemicals. Yep. And the marshmallow inside that. It's just a whole. I took a bite and a half, and I was just like, not even for science, you guys. Uh-huh. I can't, especially on the heels of those Trader Joe's pumpkin. Yeah. Buns, which are so freaking good. These are, this is just, I mean. So, Hostess, if you're listening, please sponsor us. Oh my God. Okay. So, this this is freaking terrible. Please get these out of my house. Yeah, we're going to burn these on a fire later, (laughs) like a Madonna cassette. (laughs) So, we're back in the dream living room, uh, and uh, fucking Carlsbad says, We've got plans for you, Flesh Boy. And it's like, don't ever say Flesh Boy ever. Yeah. Does he also, is this also the scene where he calls him Bone Butt? Uh, yeah. Steve will calls them, uh, calls uh, Steve Bone Butt. Uh, Steve and Carl want to know, why are you here? And the dummies announce their plans. Not to rob and murder, as Steve believes. Not this time. Nope. They're going into show business. Going into show business. And Steve says, even worse. And it's that classic, like, weird wink nod. We are actors, but we're pretending we're not actors. And normal people hate actors thing that it comes to sometimes. It's like, oh, are we supposed to tune in every week and also hate Entertainers, I don't. It's like a weird double standard thing. I've it's never just really a understood. Stupid joke line. It's like a middle so, America hates actors, but we love actors. I don't these know. two dummies, no disrespect. <laughs> these two ventriloquist dummies put on a little show. Oh my god! And they dance around, and it's fucking miserable. They start music on a boombox. Sure. And then uh, they sp- they both start dancing, but one at a time, and then together. This would be an awesome time for the humans in the room to like tackle them. Or set them on fire, or leave the room. Anything at Does all. Does Carl have a gun? They just watch them dance. Oh, you mean Chicago Cop Carl? Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. They just watch them dance. At least the rest of the family is out of the house. Speaking uh, of which. Speaking of Aunt Rachel. Yeah. We're mentioning Vegas again, and wasn't she into Vegas on the last episode? The last episode we watched? Mm-hmm. No, she wanted to go on vacation to... Uh, the beach. Oh, that's right. To, if you remember, catch some rays, catch some Z's, catch a man around his knees. So sure. Put it on a shirt. But it, here's the thing. Aunt Rachel would be great. Because when we have a ventriloquist dummy of Aunt Rachel, that we could call Haunt Rachel. Oh, good one. I'm just saying. Well, apparently also, she- Also, where's Aunt Rachel? Yeah, apparently she left Richie and moved away. She starts up, if you look <clears throat> um, on IMDb, the actress starts showing up real sporadically around 1993. Like, she's only in two episodes a season, starting in season five. Sure. But she's she's never fully gone, like some other characters on this show that just disappear. Yeah. And I couldn't find an explanation like Mother Winslow- leaves halfway through season nine. She didn't want to be in season nine once the show got canceled, but they were moving to another network, so they made a deal with her. She had to be there for the first half of the season uh, to do the transition from the network, and then she could opt out, and she did. So she pieced out halfway through season nine. That's written about quite a bit. I couldn't find anything about why... 
Aunt Rachel left. But, like, what, she just left her kid? I guess so. Yeah, they don't talk about it. I'm sure there was no tearful goodbye. It was probably just like, hey, we're not putting you on this show very much, so we're just going to not put you on this show at yeah, all. She's like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll be here for the plot line about how I'm going to sell Amway or something. Um, so then Steve and Carl run away. Oh, wait, wait. The dance ends with the dummy stomping on Steve and Carl's toes. Yeah. Uh, and Steve says, dance time is over. And Carl's bed says, now hand over your soul so we can become human. Miles had an idea for how the dance could have ended differently. What's that, Miles? Oh, a good old-fashioned ball tap? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like they were like right there, just pow. <laughs> They're eye level. Come on. With the balls. Humor at its best is a good old-fashioned ball yeah. tap. Uh, by the way, one last little point about their plans to go to Vegas. Yeah. You know what would be a little bit better than two dancing performers in Vegas? Two sentient evil puppets. <laughs> yes. Just talking about being a sentient that evil would, puppet. That would sound out every night. Sell out, yeah. David Blaine would be like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Oh, God, yeah. I'm sorry, he'd be like, huh, why didn't I think of that? So Carl and Steve try to run out of the room, but the dummies block all the exits, and eventually the men end up back in the floral boudoir. They lock the room, but the doll's shining through it with an axe. I'm sorry, they pull a Psycho plus Shining reference. Mm -hmm. The Psycho music plays, and Carl's bad Hacks at the door with an axe. With a tiny axe. Where did he get that? Who cares? Why would they keep a tiny axe around, do you think? I don't know. Fair enough. And he says, here's Carlsbad. Which, again, I believe is voiced by Rich Carell, who yeah, is fantastic in this hashtag be my friend Rich Carell. So Carl and Steve place a huge dresser in front of the door, a huge shiffa robe, <laughs> and the dummies somehow get inside it, and then there is lightning, and Steve screams and disappears. Yep. I would argue, if I had to, okay. that uh, when the when the men get up to the bedroom and put the dress in front of the door and all that happens, that's the approach to the inmost cave. Right, the hero's journey. And then this is the supreme ordeal. So now Steve is gone. So Carl has to face these dummies alone, and it's his dream. So he's the hero, and he has to save Steve somehow. Uh, much like Steve had to save the whole family last time, now and Carl miserably. and <laughs> exactly, and now Carl is on the hero's journey. So he creeps downstairs with his police baton, which that's a start. Like finally, all the decorations, which the, the Winslow family really goes all out for Halloween. There sure. are like skeleton decorations everywhere, and they're scre- they're just like scaring the shit out of and him. And as he comes downstairs, he looks through the pelvic bone. Of a skeleton, which mm-hmm. is just amazing directing by Rich Carell. Hashtag be my friend, Rich Carell. It's a very funny sight gag. It's pretty good. So all the decorations are scaring him, but he can't find Steve. No Steve, no Steve. And then there's loud thumping in the kitchen. So he he screams, if they touched my dove bars, because he's fat. So fat jokes. Couldn't let a whole episode go by with that one. No, please. Steve is sitting motionless by the kitchen table. Catatonic. Yep. They have taken his Nerd-atomic. soul. The lights go off and then come back on and the dummies are there. Yeah, they have taken Steve's soul. And yeah. Steve-el, Steve-el the dummy now has Steve Urkel's oh voice. God. And he's like, I have a human soul now. Okay, so I no. foresaw this going another way. So they were like, we're here, we want your souls. And I'm thinking, okay, so the evil beings be, yeah. right, or spirits or whatever that are currently possessing the dolls want to have human bodies. Yeah. So when this happens, the evil souls are going to possess the human bodies. But no, apparently they wanted human souls to animate their puppet bodies, which it's like, but, but it's not- you had that 
before. Kind of not that, though. What they needed to do here was, uh, you don't know where Steve is. The puppets come in, and steve is now has Steve's soul inside the puppet. And yeah. he's like, help me, I'm trapped in this puppet. And you're like, well, where's, where's Steve Urkel? And then you reveal later that the evil Steve's in Steve. But the puppets want to go to Vegas as puppets. Yeah, absolutely they do. They want human souls inside their puppet bodies. Chelsea, it's like these puppets didn't plan they don't their make, adventure very well. You still can't drive a car or like rob a bank or anything. Because Steve can drive You just a car. have a different voice. You can't really do anything you didn't do before in your puppet body. Yeah, you should just go. Did you need a social security number? Do you want to like, yeah. This could not do make less sense. you want a puppet social security sense. number? This couldn't make less sense. Like, this this has all up to this point been a very thin plot. And then at this what? point, I just re- actually rewound it. Now I've, now I've watched this scene three times and been like, what does anyone actually want? Which I hate to sound like I'm trying to make a mountain out of a molehill here plot-wise, but like that is the basic evaluation tool for any any form of entertainment. Sure. What does a person want and Why what is, is the it? obstacle? Sure. And I'm sure like during the writing of this episode they were like it's a dream. Doesn't have to make sense, which is nonsense. Yeah, because it, it should it make a bit has to of have sense. some internal logic. So anyway, both puppets attack Carl, and Steve Carl, sits there doing nothing. Carl throws them out the window. Yep, and the audience. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First, he says to Carl's bat, who's attacking him, "Can't we all just get along?" And I'm sorry. When does this episode take place? 1997. Yeah, so it's five years after the riots. It's fine now. Oh my god. I'm sure, that civil unrest has been well rested right? by now. He throws both puppets through the window, as you said, and the audience cheers like uh, he did something great. very heroic. Yep. The dummies weigh nothing, and he's got <laughs> he's got three feet on them. Yeah. And then Carl grabs Steve's hand and tries to escape with him, but Steve is now somehow possessed by steve or now, something. Now he has an steve evil voice. Steve is steve but steve is still Steve but evil, or are they both steve it's all giving me a Carl's bad headache. <laughs> <laughs> and and Stevel Urkel shoots green lasers out of his eyes and into, into Carl's, Carl's eyes. Which yeah. this is supposed to be a twist, I guess, but I didn't understand what was happening well enough. What, what's that gonna do? For there though? to be a twist. Yeah. And then Carl wakes up in bed screaming and there's a commercial break. So none of this even mattered. Like no. the fact that no one could follow this for anything. Now it's suddenly like, well, well it was, scary, it was all a dream anyway. I like as the notorious big B.I.G. said, it's all a dream, and truer words have never been wrapped. Um, but this is the end of Act Two. So Carl wakes up in bed screaming, and at this point, who can say there weren't real stakes? No one has really learned. Uh, changed or learned anything, or have they? And I wrote, if Carl is nicer and more understanding towards Steve, then perhaps this whole two-episode foray into evil vaudeville will have had some point to it. It's nice that you thought that. I was just like, well, I guess because this is over now. we didn't even say in the last episode like who we wanted to hug and what we learned, because that felt like half of a thing. Yeah. No one really learned anything. It ends on this weird note. It seems to me they had always planned to do Steve too. Sure. I would be willing to bet they were going to do a Steve 3. Right. Which, based on the way this episode ends, maybe it would have gone a little bit further. So Carl comes downstairs after he wakes up. I'm sorry. Before we go to this, I have a, a jazz rant. Please. Thanks. 
So uh, Carl says to Steve, I had the worst nightmare of my life. Uh And Steve says, is it the one where you had to frisk Nell Carter? Noted Broadway and TV legend Nell Carter. Here's what I wrote verbatim, and it goes off the rails. Bitch. Nell Carter was an amazing singer and a fucking queen. You'd be lucky to get anywhere near Nell Carter, let alone Frisk. And then I stopped. I said, wait, is that where the term Frisky comes from? Like it started as a phrase for unwanted touching and then became kind of like amorous. Should we stop using Frisky? We really need to look at the phrases that we use. Like son of a gun. Did you bother to look up Frisky? No, it could be bothered. Uh Uh-huh. Son of a gun. Right, so you're just casting aspersions. Which was when a woman on a, a ship got pregnant and they couldn't attribute it to the father. They would just say, hey, son of a gun. So it's like calling someone a bastard. Pretty much. That's the nicer version of son of a bitch, which I would call Carl and Steve for making fun of Nell Carter of give me a break fame. God and bless your soul. fucking Broadway. Yeah, Nell Carter was beautiful and charismatic, and the meaning of this dig is lost to time. It truly is, and it's just mean. Fuck you. Nell Carter was amazing. She would die like five years after this joke. Yeah, not to mention she was like, she was an entertainment icon to African Americans. Yeah, how about that? She was she was a co-star of her own sitcom called Give Me a Break, which we're going to get to because there's several special episodes of that. But just an amazing woman. Go fuck yourself, Carl and Steve. Okay, so... Carl says, uh, he sits down and he says, I should never have made fun of your nightmare. I should have encouraged you to talk about it so it wouldn't have seemed so scary. And I wrote, oh, finally, an ounce of reason for any of this nonsense to have happened. I wrote down, bam, turns out that these were very special episodes all along. What a twist. And what a twist. And and Steve appreciates that. Yeah, he's like, thanks, big guy. He's like, thanks, yeah. And then immediately starts telling Carl about his other weird nightmares and Carl instantly regrets being nice. But this is a lot neater of an ending. Yes. Then we didn't get any sort of wrap up or any reason to for Steve to have gone through that nightmare in episode one, Stevel. And now in episode two, Stevel, he's not alone. We finally get this thing of like, hey, instead of keeping the things that scare you to yourself, you should talk about them with people and that makes them less scary, which feels like a very Halloween, very sure. special episode lesson. It feels super tacked on here oh, yeah, at the yeah. end, but at least they made the effort to like shoehorn it in there. So if you take Stevel and Stevel too. As one episode, it ends up being a very special episode. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet the next year they would have actually defeated Stevel and Carlsbad and perhaps a third. Yeah, because they are not defeated. There's a little bonus 90-second oh thing God. at the end of this episode. This thing. We're in Vegas, and Stevel and Carlsbad are doing their act in tiny sequined tuxes. It's really gross. The jokes are fucking terrible. Yeah. The crowd is booing and heckling, and so... Carlsbad and Steve will start fighting each other on stage. And I wrote, I liked the other bonus feature better. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather you just showed me that same thing again or just the PSA at the beginning five times in a row. (laughs) Right. Okay, so so before we talk about who we wanted to hug and what we learned and wrap this up, let's bust out. The, the final snack. The final snack. Of click or treat. So, um, snack number six. I went into this knowing that I was going to have to eat that ghost pepper queso. Yeah. And resenting you all for it ahead of time and brought it on myself. You I guess still resent idea. other people. Fucking your idea. Yeah, it was. And I resent you for accepting it as an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to think of the spookiest snack that I could get. Ooh. And you would have thought, like, oh, and you probably brought, like, some something crazy sour uh-huh. or something 
Made of glass. Stinky durian fruit. Or like, you know, those Harry Potter beans that, you know, taste like farts farts and things. But no, (gasps) hold on. Uh, So the only condition of this snack is that each of us, the three of us, have to eat three of them. All right, Miles, you have to actually partake in this snack. Okay. Okay, now unwrap the Notorious snack snack hater, Miles Pulaski. You'll be having... Tummy nightmares when you have three of these. No! I can't. I can't. No. Oh, God. Three of them. The dog is leaving the room. I think that was because of the laughter, not so much the The dog uh, can sense the pure evil. Oh, Spangler brand marshmallow circus peanuts. Oh, circus peanuts. And we're all going to eat three of them right now. (laughs) Ingredients. Sugar. Mm -hmm. Corn syrup. Gelatin. Pectin. Mm -hmm. We'll get a load of this one. Artificial flavor. Of what? Why is it supposed to taste like? <laughs> they don't like? have to tell you. <laughs> Color added. Includes yellow 6, yellow 5, and red 40. All right. They date b- uh, back to the 19th century. I think this bag dates back to the 19th century. <laughs> <laughs> they were one of a large variety of unwrapped penny candies sold in such retail outlets oh. as five and dimes. Fucking overpaid. The first circus peanuts are long rumored to have originated from Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, God. As the brainchild of chemical engineer Noel Knapp. Fuck you, Noel Knapp. Oh, with an artificial banana flavor. Oh, what? fuck. No. You gotta be goddamn There's no way. Me. First of all, why shape it like a peanut and make it taste like a banana? It's Secondly, this doesn't taste like anything. Uh, so, Chelsea, let's end this experience. <laughs> I'm so depressed. Guys, I don't know how much was left in there, but Jesus Christ, circus peanuts. God, we only got worst. through we only got through two of them. They're worst, the worst. Okay, so who did I want to hug? Right. Who do you want to hug? I wanted to hug Steve Urkel because hmm. he kind of can't catch a break. I especially want to st- hug Steve Urkel in my alternate ending of the first Stevel, where it turns out that he had Stevel is a manifestation right. of his id and finally gets mm-hmm. revenge on all the people that have like just basically made fun of him and and uh downplayed his achievements and treated him like shit for 8 seasons and finally Stevel's like his violent aggressive side comes out. Yeah. I choose to believe that that's uh, really what's happening even though the writers will not acknowledge my theories and so I want to hug <laughs> You make it sound like they've disavowed <laughs> I've written you. to them. <laughs> I've skywritten about it. <laughs> And so I want to hug Steve because I feel like he's projecting something here. Yeah, I'm going to be projecting all. something here in a second. Yeah, it's cool. these circus peanuts I just ate. <laughs> I wanted to hug, take your pick, Carl or Reginald Val Johnson. <laughs> okay. Because, look, Carl learns a lesson here, and God bless him for doing that. And and Reginald Val Johnson was in the most episodes of Family Matters. He was in every Did episode. Did you just take another bite of circus peanuts? <laughs> you tell me I didn't finish two. All right, cool. 
<laughs> That's Reginald, not me. <laughs> Reginald Bell I didn't think you were going to do it, but now you have to. Reginald Bell Johnson was the only cast member to be in all 215 yeah. episodes. God, God bless him. He's just an amazing actor. He's the war horse. He truly of is. Of Family Matters. You know, and he did other work and he's just. He's been a cop in everything. He was like a cop in Die Hard. Die Hard, sure. He's been a cop um, in multiple things. This is the ninth season. He's been in every episode and he is still committing to. Mayonnaise have seen the glory <laughs> of the coming of the Lord. Look, uh, Reginald Val Johnson, I love you. I think you're amazing. And who else I wanted to hug? Rich Carell. Yeah. Hashtag be my friend, Rich be Carell. Be Andrew's friend. Any of you who are listening and you know Rich Carell, I want to take that dude to dinner and hear all of his stories about everything and uh, strike up a friendship. Um, totally not creepy, platonic, not adult male friendship. Yeah. Uh, what did we learn? I think... I think that long pause should tell you all you need to know. So I learned that a lot about the Family Matters universe, having, mm. last time I did any research, it was season two. Last time we watched an episode, reviewed it on this podcast, it was yep. season two. Now we've jumped to seasons eight and nine. And in order to figure out like where people had gone and why Steve <laughs> was living in the attic and all these things, I had to do a little bit of a deep dive to connect some dots for myself and learned a lot about what had been going on in the Family Matters universe uh, all these years. So I don't know that that really has anything to do with a very special Halloweeny episode, but I learned that Steve's parents went to Russia. Sure. I learned there's now a character called 3J. 3J. Uh, yeah, so I learned a lot about um, the Winslow family and their uh, borders, I guess, and neighbors. <laughs> right. So let's throw one more in here. What scared you the most? Oh, good one. I, I think that I knew when Steve went downstairs in Steve-O-1 yeah. and steve said, look in the cupboard, there might be some honey on the shelf. Oh. I knew that Laura was going to be in the cupboard and I didn't yet realize that everyone was more or less okay in this show, even though they had been maimed or we were supposed to think they had been gotten by the puppet. And so I was ex- fully expecting him to open that cabinet and it just to be like, a bad paper mache head of Laura with blood and gore and stuff oh around. Like, so I scared myself. So you were most afraid of a the thing in my head within you. Exactly. I was most afraid until I realized like what the convention of the episode was going to be. And there was not going to be any of that. Sure. Um, so that's, that's the moment I was most afraid, but then it was fine. Uh, I found the, the Harriet thing where she's a Jack in the box. Oh, the green screen. Yeah. It's creeped me out. And also evocative of, those Twilight Zone images, which were really creepy. And the other thing I was scared of is what people would think of my decorated cookies. Uh, and I'm still afraid of that. Yeah. Because we, we don't social know. Media. We don't know yet. Speaking of social media, do not forget Absolutely. about Click or Treat. It is going on now through actual Halloween on the 31st. Mm-hmm. You still have this whole weekend and until Wednesday of next week to tell a friend about our podcast and get a sticker for your trouble. You can yep. find out all about it on huggingandlearning.com or on our social media. Click or Treat. Get them stickers. Make sure you write into us once you meet one of the credentials of the contest. Yeah, because otherwise we're not going to have your address. We're not going to know where to send the sticker. All right, we made it through our first Halloween spooktacular, the very spooky episodes. 
Uh, and we hope that we will be here again next year where Chelsea will uh, get revenge on me for making her eat circus Yeah, peanuts. there are a lot of Halloween episodes. Several people Absolutely. have written in with ideas about Halloween episodes. Yep. Really looking forward to uh, getting into some more holiday episodes as the yeah. year rolls on. And Let then, us know uh, what you, if you're writing us in to tell us about your contest, let us know what you thought about this. Yeah. Suggest, suggest some other an holiday episode. episodes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you suggest an episode and then we decide to do it, we will totally give you full credit on the air and a button and a button ladies and gentlemen thank you for being <laughs> on this journey with us through our system shutting down for too much sugar uh, yeah. we love you once again thank you for everybody who's participating in the click or treat listener drive. drive and uh we will see you next time when we get back with a very special episode that may be a little spooky bring antacids <laughs> <laughs>